0: Welcome to the mini break your date Podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, August twenty second. It is truly going to be a mini edition of the mini break podcast today, as our crack rackets team is jam packed with action. As we are currently on site at the twenty twenty two Tennis in the Land WTA two fifty event happening in Cleveland. Such a privilege for super producer Daniel Westoff and I to play a role in this week's action. For me, that's serving. As the tournament MC on center court, providing some on-site entertainment to all of the fans that come and enjoy this week's play. Of course, if you are a fan in Cleveland listening to this podcast who will be attending the Tennis in the Land event, please come by, say hello, love chatting with all of you listeners, love the opportunity to hear from you fans about what you think the most relevant storylines are, the players you have been watching most closely over the course of the past few months or throughout the course of this season of course, if you've been paying attention to the tennis world of late, you know it was a funky week of action at the 2022 Western and Southern Open that happened this past week in Cincinnati. We had two unseeded champions emerge from the event, of course, on the women's side. It's the continued excellence of Caroline Garcia. She earns a signature title run and has thoroughly established herself as one of the players to beat heading into New York. Of course, on the men's side, how about the dramatic comeback of Borna Church? He's been out with a shoulder injury for the majority of of the past two seasons, but of course, all of us know the talent Borna Chorich possesses. For God's sake, the next-gen ATP campaign was built around players like Borna Chorich, Alex Virov, Stefano Tsitsipas, and all of the many young, talented players we see emerging on the ATP tour, but for Chorich to do what he did this past week, not only does he knock off Rafael Nadal, of course, in Rafa's comeback match in Cincinnati, but for Chorich, you just look at the names he had to run through. Knocks off Lorenzo Musetti round one, Nadal round two. Then it's RBA, FAA, Cam Nori, and Stefano Tsitsipas. You could argue this run from Borna Church is the single most impressive title run we've seen throughout the course of this 2022 season. And as you can tell, microphone is hot. I got a lot of takes I want to share with all of you listeners. I have about 20 minutes to share them all with you. So I will quickly point out that the reason we're able to do these podcasts day in, day out, even when we're on the road is because of the support we get from all of you listeners. Certainly, I feel the impetus, the motivation to record for all of you as I don't want to leave you hanging. There are so many new storylines week in, week out, right? It's Monday. We just saw two fantastic championship matches on Sunday, and yet we already, as tennis fans, have to turn the page to the WTA ATP action happening this week. Obviously, the women in Cleveland, the men in Winston-Salem. You've got U.S. Open qualifying starting this week as well. It's just, as always, a jam-packed portion of the calendar. And, of course, we know our job here at Cracked Rackets is to keep you the most well-informed, best-educated fans in the business as such. Going to run through a rapid-fire series of takes here from Or from my takes I should say from the past few days in Cincinnati of course again a shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support in allowing us to do that you all know the deal Tennis Point supports tennis players everywhere by providing the best equipment at the lowest prices to learn more go to tennis-point.com today use our promo code CR15 to let them know we sent you there with that said let's get into it and I do want to apologize in advance I may cuss at some point in this podcast, and again, Super Producer Daniel Westoff, who's our on-site coordinator this week in Cleveland. You think he has a tough job producing these podcasts. He's pretty much producing the entire show happening in Cleveland this week, so certainly he's a busy man, may not have time to get to the most uh, thorough of editing of these podcasts so if a shit a fuck sorry listeners, slips out right there as it does i do apologize for that fact but still gotta cook still gotta be me on these shows even when they are abbreviated with that said don't want to waste any more time let's get into some thoughts from cincinnati first of all for born a church what a week of tennis and if you had any questions remaining is he healthy Is he going to be able to regain the physicality that made him such an exceptional young prospect on the ATP tour? The answer is an unequivocal yes. As George, again, let me list those opponents for you. Musetti, Nadal, RBA, FAA, Cam Nori, Stefano Tsitsipas. That's five of what? The 12 best players? In this 2022 season, certainly Nadal is going to be a top three guy. I would argue RBA, with his consistency across surfaces, has been in that top 12, top 15 conversation. Certainly, you look at the points raised, the ATP rankings right now. RBA currently sits... In the top 20 of both, we know how successful FAA has been. Obviously, at the slams of late, he's been exceptional. But on the hard courts, what was it? Quarterfinals last week in Canada. Quarterfinals again this week in Cincinnati. Iron Lung Cam Norrie, who just going to make you work, going to ask every question of you, going to give you nothing for free. And then uh, Stefano Tsitsipas, who had earned arguably his biggest win of the season, maybe one of the biggest wins of his career in knocking off Daniil Medvedev, snapping a five-match losing streak on our outdoor hard courts in the semifinals. There were a ton of things uh, that Borna Church did well throughout the course of the week. But the place you have to start is with that mental side to beat each of those men heading into New York, to regain that confidence of knowing, you know what, I can be a top 10, maybe even a top five guy when I'm at my best. It's just everything Borna Church was searching for. And certainly you look for Church now, perhaps most impressively, is the fact that Borna Church from outside the top 100 now jumps all the way back into the top 30 of the ATP rankings. Chorich, who at 25 years old, has a career high of number 12 in the rankings, now all the way back up to number 29. Why is that significant? Because A, when we had the opportunity to speak with Borna Chorich early in the week, a conversation all of you listeners can go find. It was about a 10-minute sit-down over on the Cracked Interviews podcast. He said his goal for the season wasn't to be top 30, wasn't to be top 50. He said, my goal is to finish the season top 100. Just allow myself to go play ATP 250 events, try to get into the Grand Slams on my own ranking, make life a little bit easier for myself. He no longer has to worry about any of those things as he's back inside the top 30 and will be able to resume playing whatever schedule he'd like moving forward. And he doesn't have to rely on a protected ranking. He doesn't have to rely on a wild card from a tournament director. No, Borna Church has earned his way back into the mix on the ATP tour. And the relief one feels from the ease of the burden of not knowing what you're going to set your schedule. I mean, again, Borna Church has set himself up for a massive 11 months now because he's pretty much got nothing to defend on his resume. And he's got Masters 1000 title points now sitting on there as well. That said, from a tennis perspective, what did Borna Chorich do well this week? Well, again, it starts with the physicality. That has been the 25 year old's calling card throughout the course of his career. He's one of those special athletes who just makes you earn everything. He spreads the court extraordinarily well, not going to hit more than one, two, three balls in the same direction in a row. And just look, the backhand down the line is special. And if you've been watching Borna Chorch as long as we have here at Cracked Rackets, back to his top junior in the world days, think 2009 through 2011, 12 range, you know that backhand has been compared to that of one Novak Djokovic's. And anytime anyone has a good backhand, they're going to be compared to Novak Djokovic. Of course, that's going to happen, but... Watch Chorich keep Stefano Tsitsipas honest in their final or keep Cam Nori honest in their final by employing that backhand down the line. And, you know, for Chorich, who goes down 3-love in set number one to Stefano Tsitsipas, just that was a credit to Tsitsipas, who came out swinging, who was serving and volleying with renewed purpose and just an efficiency that, while he's always had that serve and volley trick in his bag, he was so good. This week at being the aggressor, at following that ball forward, at just playing on his terms, going down, swinging, and look, it's a legitimate question. Going up 3-love, you know, George was able to work his way back. He gets that break back in the first set by just dipping three returns low at the feet of Stefano Tsitsipas. And on two of those three, Tsitsipas was serving and volleying. He kind of popped up the first volley. George had an easy second pass that he executed. On the third, George just hits this ridiculous forehand cross-court uh, return winner from the due side that, I mean, I don't care who you are. You're just not covering that ball as a serve and volleyer. Look, again, Tsitsipas was excellent and his three-set victory. And I, I warned you in advance, I'm jumping all over the place. I'm going to have to jump all over the place. I'll try to do a more thorough update on all of my thoughts as we get into the contenders, the dark horses heading into the U.S. Open, how what we saw in Cincinnati and Canada shapes my views on each of these players going into that event. But again, Tsitsipas was flawless in his uh semifinal against Daniil Medvedev and it was just really hard for him to sustain that level against uh, against excuse me Borna Chorch throughout the course of set number one and Chorch made him pay for that fact. Chorch was just so efficient, so relentless in changing directions, in attacking. That's Stefano Tsitsipas' backhand wing, but then again, used, and we've come full circle here now, used his backhand down the line to keep Tsitsipas honest. You could tell, you know, once George got that early break in set number two, it was just a little bit more difficult for Tsitsipas to track down that extra ball, a little bit more difficult, or I suppose for him to play these extended rallies. He was trying to pull the trigger perhaps a little bit too soon got a little bit rushed. And again, that's the testament to the, the pressure Borna Church puts on you. He did the exact same thing against Cam Norrie. And look, all iron lungs, as we like to call Cam Norrie, because we learned of late, you read the report, his lungs are like two times the size of a normal human's. All iron lungs was out of this world, physically in a three-set victory over Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinals the day before he played George in the semis. And look, you do wonder at a grand slam, you have that extra day off. Would George have had a little bit, excuse me, would Norrie have had a little bit more juice, a little bit more gas left in the tank had he had that day off? Absolutely. Uh, but again, for Church, it was just the relentlessness, the physicality, the patience. He employed a little bit of servant volley against Tsitsipas and against Nori as well. Go watch the servant volley first set against Nori. He hits a backhand drop volley on a servant volley. I want to say it was four all or three all in the first set. If you go watch the tennis TV highlights, they show it to you. It was just special. It's carving a turkey good from Borna Chorch. And again, the forehand, I think it's a little bit different. I think that backswing for Chorch has gotten a little bit simpler, a little bit more compact. He just has a little bit more time to swing through that ball, did an excellent job of absorbing the pace of Stefano Tsitsipas when they were exchanging forehand-to-forehand rallies uh, and just using the pace of Tsitsipas to guide the ball where he wanted it to go, that abbreviated... He had a bunch of times he'd take this abbreviated sort of on-the-rise short-hop swing to just, again, take an extra half-second away from Tsitsipas, force Tsitsipas to slice that backhand, and I thought that Tsitsipas' slice backhand was actually as good as it has ever looked this week in Cincinnati, but man, George just kept pressuring it and pressuring it and pressuring it. And again, in the semifinals just was constantly changing directions on cam. Nori. was perfectly fine going Nori's forehand to his backhand was again, willing to keep Nori honest by playing his own forehand down the line, playing the backhand down the line, pushing forward as well. Borna George was exceptional. And you look for George Now, again, he's back into the top 30 of the ATP rankings. First title, born to church since 2018 on the ATP tour. And you look for him overall. I know he won a, a challenger title in Parma earlier this year. He becomes the first guy since Mike, uh, Kyle Pernforce shout out university of Georgia. Pernforce, the 84, 85 NCAA singles champion. Also a 1986 French open finalist. Pernforce won a challenger and made a Cincinnati masters uh, or, and won a master's title or made a final, I believe in 1993. That's elite company for George to join. But again, for Church, first ATP tour level final since 2020, first ATP tour level title since Hala back in 2018, where he beat top seed Roger Federer in that event. And again, for Borna Cioric, 25 years old, doesn't turn 26 till mid-November. He's in the prime of his career. And yes, that shoulder injury that prevented him from practicing for even 10 minutes at points over the course of the past two years, it looked healthy. It looked fit, and again, from his legs perspective, it seems like he has them back under him. He was able to recover so well, match after match, point after point. He's just one of those guys, physically, who's always in the fight. No discernible weakness. I thought he was a little bit more aggressive as a server, a little bit more aggressive moving forward as well. And, you know, again... As he continues to find his rhythm as a returner, as he continues to find his rhythm, just playing more matches under his belt. It's a stark reminder, again, of why so many were so encouraged by Chorch early in his career. That backhand, whether it's driving cross, driving down the line, it's just special. And my final thought on Chorch, because i got to move on and then i got to wrap this show. So we'll have to do a separate show either later today or tomorrow talking about the women's side of Cincinnati because i got to rapid fire through some more men's thoughts here. George was a kept exceptional and a worthy cincinnati champion he really was the best player and again you beat citsipas nori fa rba nadal and musetti within the course of a single draw yeah you earned that title and now how high do you have Bourne a church on your list of contenders moving forward i don't know because three out of five sets is a different monster physically than two out of three at the same time he looked damn good in the two out of three, so credit to Borna George back at the top of the ATP game where he certainly belongs. And by the way, the context of the final: Tsitsipas versus George two guys who the next-gen ATP campaign was built around. Certainly, with Novak Jok no Novak Djokovic in the field, a banged-up Rafael Nadal. I actually thought we had the ideal semifinals, just like that stark reminder that the generational shift has happened because, yeah, Chorich was the surprise, but your other semifinalists, Nori, you know, old iron lungs, Daniil Medvedev, also iron lungs, uh, you know, Stefano Tsitsipas in the mix. It makes sense, given it is 2022, and all of these guys somewhere between 22 and 26, 27 years old, that's the prime of your career on the ATP Tour, and all of these guys, I think, playing a level that is reflective of that prime. But again, to rapid fire through, boy, did Tsitsipas serve well, particularly against Anil Medvedev. He just was confident, definitive. And from a breakdown early in set, number one was able to get that break back. I thought he played the bump backhand return better than ever. He did such a good job capitalizing on Medvedev's return positioning, just definitively serving and volleying taking time away from the world number one. Now, Medvedev winning that second set, that's just sheer willpower. He was saying, no, I'm not losing to you in straights. The on-the-run forehand pass he hits at the start of the third set is just laughably exceptional. And look, Medvedev served poorly really the past two weeks, but he served poorly against Seats. best I think it was, what, like eight double faults throughout the course of that match. Just couldn't find his rhythm was a little bit too predictable in serving to the Tsitsipas backhand, but man, credit to Tsitsipas, who swung through the ball, and you saw the emotion in his face, the positivity he played with from start to finish in the match. I was immensely impressed by Stefano Tsitsipas. I don't know what else is left to say about Cam Nori. The man just doesn't make mistakes. From a floor perspective, match in, match out, I mean, Djokovic and it all don't count. You just know exactly what you're going to get from Cam Nor, He's going to make a million balls. He's going to move you side to side, spread the court extraordinarily well. He's going to sneak in some serve and volley. He's just good at everything. And that solidness that, you know, again, the lack of vacillation in his level from start to finish, that's how he beat Carlos Alcaraz in what was one of the top five matches of the 2022 season, their Cincinnati quarterfinal. And I have no worries about Alcaraz. I have no worries about Taylor Fritz, who is just one of the guys now on hard courts. His serve, his weapons, the strides he's taken at us a mover, uh, he belongs in the conversation. But, I mean, look, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Nori. I mean, it's crazy to not include George on that list, given what we just saw this week. I need to see how he bounces back, how he performs in that opening round three out of five set match. If he looks good, he belongs on this list. But we know the guys. Nori's a top ten contender at the U.S. Open. He's just not going to lose to someone who's not better than him. Ditto with Medvedev, who I think has rounded into form this hard court season. Again, Tsitsipas had to play so well to beat him in a two-out-of-three set match, and I do think if that match is three-out-of-five, Medvedev finds some rhythm on the serve, perhaps, in set four, set five. Medvedev was right there with Stefanos. We know who the guys are on the ATP side, and I actually think Cincinnati did a pretty good job of clearing up that hierarchy. Now, we don't know how healthy Nadal is. He's earned the benefit of the doubt, but Medvedev has to be a Tier 1 contender right alongside of him. If Tsitsipas is going to serve this well, play this definitively, hit the forehand this aggressively, I don't know if he's Tier 1, but probably can't go any lower than Tier 2, If you're, and certainly Nori's a Tier 2 guy, because he's just not going to lose to anyone who's not better than him. Carlitos obviously has to be a Tier 2 guy, if not higher than that. I thought Felix hitting the serve, hitting the forehand decisively. When he hits that gear again, you better play well. Otherwise, he's just going to blitz you off the court. But look, we'll expand on these thoughts further. We know who the guys are, and Borna Church has reestablished himself as one of those guys moving forward. So with that said, those are my abbreviated Western Southern Open men's singles thoughts, of course. Again, going to come back, try and record a women-centric podcast later today, maybe between the day and night sessions in Cleveland. That'll be my opportunity to do so. Of course, we also got to talk Winston-Salem, Cleveland this week. We got to start previewing the 2022 U.S. Open as well. We'll try to do all of that this week at Crack Rackets as we keep the most well-informed, best-educated fans in the business. Of course, a shout-out, as always, to Super Producer Daniel Westoff for the fuck of the energy job he does day in, day out, making all this content possible. A shout-out as well to our friends at Tennis Point Tennis-Point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, for our Super Producer Daniel Westoff our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks, everyone.